This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Curator Ministries. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the table. I am Pastor Maria Reynolds, and I am in the studio today with my handsome husband, Doug, and one of my very best friends, Carrie. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, Coach. You're welcome, Coach. (laughs) We appreciate you being here. It's great to be here. So today we're going to talk a little bit about, or actually a lot, about rejection, Um, something that is inevitable. We all experience it. Uh, some of us don't process it as well as others. Some of us can capitalize on it, but some of us can be crushed by it. And so we're going to kind of weave through what it looks like to push through the fear of it, what it looks like to process it, capitalize on it, and also identify when it's part of God's plan. Because sometimes, Sam, shutting a door is part of God's plan. Yeah. Amen. So we're going to dive into the deep about that. Before we dive in the deep, what do we have to do? Spend some time in the shallows because nonsense news just makes me smile, right? So today, unfortunately, um, the nonsense news that we're going to talk about um, is actually, (laughs) usually I just give like weird criminal stories, right, that just make me laugh. But this one is about a, a U.S. senator. A U.S. Senator, Doug, that you and I were talking about last week, um, who is on a mission to really um, <laughs> make athleisure a staple in the state house. We're going to tell us a little bit about Senate. that. U.S., I'm sorry, in the big house. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that, Doug. Yeah, Senator uh, John Fetterman, he kind of got like, he wears these hoodies and kind of dresses. He wants to Senate, change the Senate rules so that he can wear his hoodie on the Senate floor and um, so it's pretty interesting. She said it as a joke, but I think it's actually an interesting testament about what kind of what's going on in society that with dress and trying to show that you're a maverick by your attire. Maybe I think it's interesting. Kind of like Coach Belichick did. Yeah, like Coach Belichick. I think you ought to do the same thing, Carrie, and show up for Judge Farrell's court and just like a you know sweatshirt, you know, uh, on a big no. day in front of the jury. I think that'd be awesome. I don't think society has moved that much in Judge Farrell's court, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not brave enough to do it. No. That's interesting. We were at a football game yesterday, and um, I was throwing a piece of garbage away, and someone had like two strides away from the trash can to like pitched their popsicle stick or whatever. And I muttered under my breath, I can't stand that because I really, I can't. Nothing drives me battier than for someone to be that close to a garbage heap and just chuck it on the floor. And so I pick it up, and I throw it in the trash can, and my daughter's with me. And she's like, Mom, she was like, why do you think people do that? And I was like, honestly, Bear, I think it's just a lack of self-respect. And I think when you have a lack of self-respect, it's hard to respect anything bigger than you or apply that to anything other than, than you if you don't respect like your core self. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that's a reflection of what this guy's going through? Like, I can't imagine, like, and this is, maybe I'm old school, and I know that I'm traditional, and I know that I'm old school, but I was taught to dress. There's, there's just certain things you dress for. Weddings, funerals, church. You just There's just certain things that you that you make a good representation for because you, that's a way of showing honor to something more bigger than you. And I think that that's something that's really kind of blurring the lines in society right now. What do you think? I think it's actually much more manipulative than that. Really? I think he's, manipulative. Oh yeah, I think he's, he's trying to appeal to people with a lack of self-respect. Oh, that's it's an good. Act. Never thought about it. It's like a ruse. Mm, that, that's that's interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. So he's tapping into an insecurity and a lack of self-respect of others. By, I'm your maverick. I'm like you. I'm like you. That's interesting. Because he's, he's our age. He's our demographic. Mm-hmm. 40-some. That's interesting. Wow. And, uh, anyway, Sam, 
there you have it athleisure and i'm all about some athleisure i will rock it every day all day but but if i didn't show up to church dressed or to court dressed my grandmother would have had me by the ear she would roll over in her grave <laughs> anyway that was our nonsense news bit for the for, for the thing i don't know that this struck me funny when we were talking about it earlier so anyway speaking about self-respect on that token let's talk a little bit about um rejection um there are lots of ways that i think and this is just my opinion you add to the list if you if you can um that you can experience rejection we, we obviously we go back to like our childhood like walking through the cafeteria with their tray like who am i gonna sit with you know and the rejection of your peers when you're little and my dress right all the things um so that's like your first like probably memory of it like being rejected by another person Mm -hmm. and like what that felt like personally but i've said this before there are lots of ways to kill something and the the most effective way to kill something is to ignore it when you ignore something, um, it, it die is a slow death, but it's still a death. Um, so one way you can also experience reject is being is just being ignored by other people. Mm-hmm. Just just devaluing other people is a way that people experience rejection. Um, I don't know. What do you think about rejection? Yeah, about about beyond just the. You know, you're not in the popular crowd, so you can't sit with me at the lunchroom. But just this, as adults now that we've evolved, what ways do you think as adults we experience rejection? I think it's in some way in life you're going to experience rejection probably on a daily basis. Um, and, and I would say is what is rejection? And it is when you don't get what you want based on some other external force, right? Mm-hmm. There's something you're trying to shoot the ball in the basket. Another guy blocks that shot. It's the no. It's the no, it's it's that. And so um, it's a very, uh, I think it's a very complex thing. The one thing what I thought about whenever I heard this topic is how often we actually probably seek rejection. Oh, yes. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Absolutely. One thing I also thought about rejection is that when I think about emotional scars that I carry from the nose of my life, if I think back about physical trauma, broken arm, whatever if i try to like relieve that relive that in my mind i cannot relive the physical pain of an injury but an emotional scar i can literally relive the feelings being hurt by and by a rejection do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's kind of like kind of like childbirth <laughs> we, we, you know surely you know yeah. we would definitely say this you know you go through the the process of having a baby and then you're like i'm never doing this again but you give us six months we're like well it wasn't, it wasn't so bad do <laughs> you know what I mean? Physical pain is hard to remember, but, but emotional pain, man, you can pack around for a lifetime. Coach, I'll give you another way to look at rejection, too. Sometimes we have to reject others, and we deal with the issues of that. You know, being a supervisor, mm-hmm. maybe we have a, a, a reason that we know, we know what's going on, and we have to maybe reject something simple as a day off. Yeah. And you may see the disappointment in them, and you try to find time and explain it. But you still have to deal with that. Or as a parent, Mm. maybe your child wants to do something, and we know looking forward, it's not in their best interest, and they just can't see at that point. Yeah. So it's a different flip side of rejection. We have to deal with it that way sometimes, too. And, you know, I think a lot of people may be uh, people pleasers. I know I personally feel bad when I can't help somebody. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, you know, that's, that's what it takes to be a leader. 
I have felt rejection both ways, and I agree with Doug. I think we see rejection every day. I think you can see it every single day. Even if it's not with you, you see it in the environment. I think if you're not experiencing no's, then you're not you're not actively progressing, right? Love you're just it. you're just stuck yes, in stagnation. I agree hundred percent. You know what I mean? But I think this, I think there's something that is to be said on how you have to reject, how you have to deliver the no. Absolutely. If there is a level of self-loathing within you, you're going to project that and you're going to be really cruel to other people. But if you genuinely like yourself, then you're going to have compassion upon the person and deliver in a way that takes the sting out of it. A hundred percent. And I like, you know, there's resources out there. It's a perspective, like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, the listeners don't know, but I'm a local wrestling coach. Mm. And one of our uh, catchphrases is embrace the grind. Mm. We try to teach our kids at an early age, the grind's coming. Embrace it. I wish I would have been taught that because as an older person, I started to realize, all right, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's how we frame it. Mm. And then I have been fortunate enough, and I think a lot of people have, when they get to the point to embrace it, they see how we grow from it. Yes. That's the kicker. That is clutch. So many times I have seen things not go my way, been rejected, felt that maybe I deserved it. Mm-hmm. And it took me to get to the point where I owned it and said, let's move forward. Yeah. And then I look back a year later saying, oh, if I'd have done that, this would have never happened. Yeah. And that is God moving us forward. Absolutely. We just have to trust him. Mm-hmm. Have faith in him. And you know, the Bible talks about it. We got to lose that fear. Yes. If we're Christians and we're led by the Holy Spirit, really, what do we have to be afraid of? Yeah. Why do we have to be sad? Yeah. We just have to remember we have a purpose here. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. That's my perspective on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. How does embracing the grind overcome rejection? Like, give me an example with your kids, how that, how, how that, how you coach that. Okay. Wrestling happens to be a sport where I'm gonna, where it came from originally. Mm-hmm. They have to deal with loss so often, okay. and it's a one-on-one sport, and it's such a physical sport. I mean, it's the world's oldest sport, and when you have a five-year-old that comes to practice every day and he hasn't won a match, mm-hmm. how am I going to make sure that five-year-old is still wrestling when he's fifteen? Mm. I got to teach him at an early age. Big words like adversity. Mm-hmm. And then I got to explain to him what adversity is. And then I got to relate to him and tell him my stories. And then I can tell him stories of my son, which we, for the listeners, my son was a Division One wrestler at the University of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He lost many, many times. There were many times he showed up and it just looked like he was out of place. Mm-hmm. So embracing the grind to answer your question, Doug, is we just have to get the mindset. It's coming. If I say... Oh, we will get we'll get through it, and I don't get that mantra in there. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to pick them up. But if I can, if they can see it on the wall, embrace the grind. Even at seven, they'll say, "Coach, it's all right. I'm going to embrace it." And I'm yeah. like, "Wow, there we go." Just teach them at a early age. You are anointed to do hard things. I try. Yes. Like I said, I wish you know. I started the show with Coach mm-hmm. for the <laughs> listeners. Uh, Pastor Maria has been my physical coach often my spiritual coach her and her husband sometimes have been my life coaches and you know what that brings up another point sometimes the people you put yourself around Mm -hmm. will help you through the rejection 
sometimes we have to remember what we feed our mind mm -hmm. and who we spend our time with yes. is what's going to help us. Because life is short. No one's promised tomorrow. This could be the last thing I ever do. Mm -hmm. But wow. I would hope when you're preaching my funeral, <laughs> you would say we had a good time when we were there. Yeah. And the, and, and the Lord's Word was pushed through. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. Might not find that in a bar. No. Nope. But I may save somebody in a bar. Yeah. Or I could be saved in a bar. So I'm not I'm not saying against that. Right. But you got to be careful where you do put your, right. your time. Just just be 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 um, co cognitive, you, you know, about who you are seeking counsel with. Better way yeah. of saying it. Yeah. So it reminds me of this of this story in the Bible in Second Samuel and, and Sam, you're gonna remember this. This is one of the first stories that we went over in our Bible study together in co our college class. And I often wonder, like you, you we all know that, that like Jesus Jesus was no um stranger to rejection, right? I mean he mm -hmm. came to the world, the world did not know him, you know, his own re you know, rejected him. And so when you peel back like it's one thing for the world not to know you, right? It's another thing for your own to reject you. That that's a deep that's a deep scar, and it brings to my mind this story of um, King David's daughter Tamar. Um, she had a half brother. Um, Tamar was a beautiful woman, and because she was a beautiful woman, her her father was able to get an advantageous um, arranged marriage, and everything was built around politics. Not so different than today, but um, everything was built upon that. And so from a young age, she had an arranged marriage. Um, during this course of time, her half-brother just became instant in love. We fell in love with her, just infatuated with her, um, and but knew that he was never going to be able to marry her. Now, he literally in this in this stage in society could have petitioned his father because um, they were half brother and sister. And he literally could have if his father would have blessed it. But he always knew that that the person she was suited for was um, more advantageous than he was. And so there had to be a sense of rejection there. Like, well, I'm I love her. I can never have her because I am not literally good enough. Right. Um, so he pines away for her. And you said, Carrie, about seeking counsel. He seeks counsel with a cousin. Like, what am I going to do? This is my feelings. And the cousin's like, I know what you can do. Uh, we'll, we'll manipulate the situation and we'll get you alone with her um, and just see what happens. And so they do that thing. And they he pretends to be sick, petitions his dad, say, hey, I, I can only eat if my sister comes and cooks for me, all the things. And so the father's like, OK, tomorrow, go help your brother. He's he's sick. And so she goes and she is alone with him and he immediately starts to advance towards her and she immediately just like shoves him. He's like, what are you what are you doing? And it's clear in, in, in a very short amount of time that he wants to be physical with her. And she knew if he was if he was physical with her, he was literally going to steal her life because everything was based on her virginity because women were property. They weren't people. In this in this space and time and so she starts to like try to petition him and reason with him it's like hey listen you know you can marry me you don't have to do it this way we can get married and he does not listen because one way to kill something is just to not value its opinion not value the person's um, desires it's my what I want is more important than what you want and so this is in this space it trumps it and so um, she petitioned, she begs, she pushes off, she can't, and he rapes her. 
And at the end of the story, she is a broken, she's just broken and she's weeping. And she was just like, you know, and he gets very angry. It says that he became, he, he became, he became like, he loathed her. So what once was once love, this emotion is now replaced with, um, our love was now replaced with a, with a hate towards her. Because you know, it's interesting, rejection always is rooted in emotion. And our emotions are our friend until they're our enemy. And man, when your emotions turn on you, mm-hmm. it is hard. It's hard to be rational and work through that space. And so he hates her. And his first instinct is to, he says, get her out of here. Bolt the door behind her. And she's begging him. She goes, you have no idea what you're doing. What you're about to do is worse than what you've already done. And I think about this woman who's just been physically raped by her own, rejected by her own. And she's like, the rape, the physical thing, I can get past, man. The rejection, what you're about to do to me, I will never rebound from. And she's pleading with him to do the right thing. And he casts her out and he shuts the door behind her. We're going to put a pause on the story right here. We're going to come back and talk about how can we, unlike Tamar, work through rejection versus crumbling under it and be devastated by it. We'll be right back. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world. So welcome back, everybody. We just left off with our conversation about rejection with the story of Tamar and her half-brother, um, who is, I guess, just physically, really physically assaulted her. Um, in the story, when I left off, um, he's in this state of self-loathing. He's angry at her, not for anything that she did. He's angry for, her, for himself about what he's been reduced to, what he's chosen to do. Because um, sometimes, man, we can really be angry with who we've become and take it out on other people. Um, so he's in this state of self-loathing. Um, she's you know, begging him, please, you know, just don't reject me. I cannot overcome the rejection of my own. You're my brother. Um, and he just devalues her um, and treats her inhumanely and casts her out, um, not as a human, but as a being, because there is a difference between humans and beings. And sometimes people can treat us like us like beings and strip us of our dignity. Um, and that's the place that she's at. And she was able to literally uh, rebound from the physical assault. She didn't die from her injuries, but she was never able to rebound from her emotional d- uh, the emotional assault, the most emotional damages um, of what was done to her. And the Bible says that she died a destitute, an empty woman. Um, it's interesting to me how, how the power of a rejection, the power of no can empty us, can get us to a place of destitution. Do you know what I mean? Because there is a difference between a no and a knowing. I know that when people reject me, it may just be a door shut in my face, but there's a knowing in me. It's the Spirit ministering to me that this is not right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And there's a difference between a know and leaning into that knowing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I think that there's a that there is a. a I think I think of a, an instance. Uh, 
in our life where we have felt a rejection that we thought was God's plan. Because sometimes the no's are God's plan, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes the no's are God saying, I need to push you out of the situation because you would never leave on your own, right? It's that stagnant space where, you know, we're not growing, um, but it pushes you out into into your into your destiny. Mm, you know, one instance. Yeah, that's when you say amen. Amen. Because it's the plan. Yeah. God has a plan for us. Yeah. It's not our plan. Yeah. It's so easy. I'm, I'm guilty. I think I have a plan, and it looks really good, and mm-hmm. I work really hard on it, and then I put everything I can into it, and maybe it just doesn't happen mm-hmm. because it wasn't God's plan. Right. I think the key is I have to remember that and maybe tell myself daily, let, let the Lord have His will. Yeah. But, you know, the rush of every day getting the kids to school, mm-hmm. going to sporting events, making sure you're at job. Mm-hmm. There's just so many distractions. Something as silly as, today, let the Lord have His will. Yeah. And believe it. Well, and tr- trust in God. Trust His will. But then also, you have to bet on yourself sometimes. You have to trust yourself. Because yeah. faith without works is dead. Do you know what I mean? And I think of a, of a, of a time where you and I, Doug, walked out in our life together where um, – I mean, Doug was in politics for a long time. He's used to rejection. Okay, I mean, he's used to abuse. He's no stranger to it. He's got a callus to it, and he just moves on. He's also a salesman, so he's just double whammy. But anyway, um, I think about this time where we 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 just felt God. We know we had a knowing. It wasn't a no, and and it was a K and O no. We had a knowing that God was opening doors and leading you to run for this office that cost us a lot. It cost us a lot of money. It cost us a lot of time cost us some friends along the way and in the end we got it in oh no and i remember i remember it 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 rocked me because i thought why would you get us god why would you open these doors and tell us to do this thing just to push us out and slam the door behind us and it felt like a personal rejection sam Mm -hmm. like people rejecting because when i say him and we walk life out together so it felt like it was rejecting us as a like they were rejecting him and it hurt me for him i could not i could not draw that line and compartmentalize appropriately that this was not them rejecting Doug Reynolds. They were they were just rejecting the candidate. And sometimes we don't go out and take risks or put bets on ourselves because we have a hard time. Like if you're a salesperson, it's not them saying, no, Maria, you're a loser. <laughs> you know, I'm rejecting people you. people say that. Well, that's true. <laughs> but more so, they're rejecting what you're, what you're selling, let's say. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we have a hard time separating the no i don't you know from i don't rejecting you rejecting what you're offering versus rejecting you as a person does that make sense yeah and there was a time where you went fast forward several years later and i thought it was bananas i I'd really thought it was bananas he said babe i'm gonna run for office again and i was like are you freaking kidding me are you serious right now and and you said something that was profound to me you said listen this is different than last time I have something that is valuable, and either they want it or they don't. And it was such a healthy way to look at it that we, I had not been rooted in before. Mm-hmm. How did you get to that place where you could bet on yourself and really take this rejection and not take it personal? Um, well, one is when you've been through it, the type of campaign we've been through, everything else seems a little um, a little light um, whenever there are all these ads on TV. And so now it's funny because someone will say, well, somebody said something about you 
negative in Facebook. And I'm like, you know what? Unless they're going to go, you know, spend a few hundred thousand dollars in ads and put up on TV, I really don't care. Um, but because once you've been through that, like, you know, one person being upset at you, there's almost always one person that's going to reject you or do that. And it, so, um, but but I would give you a funny story. Mm. So a couple days ago, we got this new car. It's electric. Okay. <laughs> And uh, I was I, I plugged it. I must have not done something right when I plugged it in. So I look at it. it says I've got say twelve miles, and I got to go seven. And so I take off going, and literally within a few blocks of the of the charging station, it runs out of power. Oh no! So twelve miles doesn't mean twelve miles. Mm-hmm. It means like it's telling me like <laughs> yeah, you, you pull over now, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, so the minute that I did, I'm like, oh man, this is terrible. I got to. She's trying to call me and trying to get to kids, but I was only a few blocks from my office, right? So at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal. Uh, but it being immediately when it happens, you feel embarrassed and tired. But you know, right after I sort of got there, I got the tow driver overcome. The next thing that comes is, you know what? I am really glad this happened because mm-hmm. I'd sure like to do it in the middle of the day and you know, on a little street in Huntington than it happened when I'm in downtown Columbus or, yes. or somewhere in the middle of the mm-hmm. night, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes even something you perceive as something negative is God-ordained so that you don't ever let it get down below 10, right? Because mm-hmm. I would have never learned that lesson otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I joke about flying planes. I always say it's either a uh, good weather day or a good experience day. Oh, yes. <laughs> It reminds me, just Don, we had this conversation with Claire, because sometimes sometimes believing in yourself, as much as you believe in God, right, believing in yourself, putting that, that, that action behind your faith um, requires, you know, you taking the gamble on yourself. And I remember she and I had this conversation where she really wanted this back handspring. She'd been working on it, working on it, and she was just scared of her own power. She was scared she wouldn't catch herself. She was just scared of herself. She was in her own way. And I said to her, you have the physical ability to do this. You have the coaching staff and you have the right equipment. It literally is you in your mind at this point. And pushing past the fear of anything is the hardest thing that you will ever do. And I remember when she hit it for the very first time, she got in the car, she goes, man, why didn't I believe in myself earlier? Like you said, I always carried that thing. Why didn't I just push past it earlier? And sometimes the pushing past the fear of failure not just failing, but people viewing me as a failure mm-hmm. is really hard to do. Like this podcast. Pastor Kevin came to me and was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And the very first words out of my mouth, Doug, and you'll attest this, was like, I have nothing to say. I have nothing of value anyone wants to talk, listen to me about. And the jury's still out saying they may not. I don't know. But the point is, I had to take a gamble and a bet on myself. And that was incredibly hard to do because I was afraid. I was afraid that if I put myself out there and people didn't respond or it didn't it didn't speak to someone that I would be I would f- look like a failure and it was tapping into an insecurity that I had because sometimes Carrie said this earlier sometimes we seek rejection when we don't have a high opinion of ourselves you know what i mean mm-hmm. sometimes we seek that out as validation oh gosh i'm really not worthy and so we seek out people in instances where we we know we will be rejected Almost to solidify that in a weird, warped way. It is because I like how you framed it. It's the thoughts inside you, or even you went back earlier without your your own emotions. Mm -hmm. Because people that really know you know you're going to knock it out of the park. Pastor Kevin came to you because he knows you're going to knock it out of the park. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you were dealing with that self. Maybe what? You know, rejection in. Maybe this isn't going to work. And it's... It, it, it is silly how we do it to ourselves sometimes, but I think that kind of goes back to what I said earlier. 
we have to surround ourselves with the right people. Mm. And Kevin, Pastor Kevin came to you mm-hmm. because you've been surrounded and he's seen what you have. That's true. I think sometimes when we talk about like what when we, when we think about how do we capitalize on it, right? That was one of the topics or one of the uh, the bullet points. And I think Carrie and I, you talked about you and I talked about this yesterday. I am learning as I'm getting older. Um, to take the moments of the nose, to take the moments of the rejection and use them. And I'm going to use a, a gym metaphor because I'm a gym rat, right? It's almost like you're under a heavy, a heavy lift. You're going to it's leg day, and you got a heavy load on your back, Sam. Every time you have a heavy load, you always ask for a spot. You always have a spotter because you know that the heavy one rep max days, you can buckle underneath the weight of that. But there's something about knowing in your mind there's somebody back there going to bail you out that you will push through the suck of the lift because the heavy load is what makes the build. It it builds your capacity, right? And every time that you have a rejection, that becomes a back spot. Like my daughter. When I look at her now and say, listen, all you have to do is embrace the grind, as Coach Carey says, or believe in yourself and push past this fear, she will draw on the last time that she did. It's like, you know what, Mom, you're right. I was fearful once. I pushed past it, and I am anointed to do hard things. I can do that thing. And that's how you can capitalize on rejection is don't look at it and internalize it like, well, man, I suck. Look at it like, okay, like you said, Doug, God was ordaining something for me to learn right here in this space. So I can move forward, either A, not make this mistake again, or be able to, you know, learn from this. Do you you know what I mean? And not get myself in a real pickle or a bind. And now it's your back spot. It's a heavy lift day. I got something that's going to bail me out. And I not only have faith in my God, but I have faith in myself. And I can bet on myself. Amen. Amen. I brought my second amen. Hey. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate Appreciate you. you guys being here. I hope, uh, I don't know what my takeaway was, but we talked about a lot. We're all over the map, Sam. (laughs) Anyway, well, thank you guys for joining in and listening to us today. We will see you next week at the table. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click Donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world.